Everlast is the young adult ministry of Calvary Worship Center located in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Everlast is a place where young adults can come encounter Jesus, grow in Jesus, and make Jesus known. Well, welcome uh, to Everlast. If this is your uh, first time here, we're so glad that you are here. As Kevin said, uh, my name is Tina. I'm the Young Adult Associate here at Everlast and have the opportunity tonight to bring the message. And so a couple exciting things. One, tonight, uh, if you didn't know already, we are in a new series called Mystery Box. Yes. Ooh. So... Uh, Mystery Box, here's what's cool about this series, is you don't know what you're going to get. So, um, I can promise you, you will get the Word of God. We do speak truth here. Um, but every week as you come in, uh, we're not going to, in regards to um, the book of the Bible or the message or the topic, as we go through, uh, that's, when we, that's when we will reveal what the Mystery Box topic is for the evening. And so, uh, next week which is really exciting. We have a guest coming in. I'm going to let Stuart announce that later, but he is going to be uh, doing the mystery box as well and teaching whatever the Holy Spirit puts on his heart. So tonight, uh, if you want to go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10 is where we're going to start tonight. And we're going to be looking at three different stories tonight. So we're going to start in Luke chapter 10. We're going to be looking at three different stories tonight, and here is what is super neat about the three stories that we're going to be going through tonight. They are verse by verse, and they come right after the other. And here's why that's cool. Because these three stories have one common theme. They have one common theme, right? For those, uh, we're going to do a little school here. The theme, a theme is the subject, uh, the topic, or the message that the text is revealing. So that's important because as we go through the scriptures, I want you to be reading along and listening and asking yourself the question through the three stories, what do, is there a common theme and what am I seeing? And so tonight uh, it's going to be really beneficial and helpful for you to have a Bible out in front of you. So if you do not have a Bible out in front of you, uh, we've got some right here on the right side. Josh um, can, can give those to you. If you just want to raise your hand and you, and you need a Bible to follow along, we will be reading verse by verse, so you can listen as well, obviously, but um, we'll be helpful to listen and follow along as well. Josh is running right now. <laughs> All right, so Luke chapter 10, verse 25. Before we get started, uh, I'm just going to pray real quick and uh, ask the Lord to uh, bless his word that it may go forth. And so um, Elle will get you those Bibles, but let's go ahead and pray. So Father, we, uh, we love you. Um, Lord, I just, I just come before you, um, just as Kevin prayed for my own heart, just asking for peace. Lord, I'm thankful for the joy and the hope that I have in you. Just as there's people in the room tonight who uh, maybe are on mountaintops or going through really good seasons, or there's some in the room who are going through valleys and tough seasons, 
And Lord, I'm, Kevin and I are in that valley season. And so, Lord, I just surrender to you tonight. I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak through me and that you would continue to, just as the psalmist said, restore the joy of your salvation to me. Restore the joy of your salvation to those in the room who need joy in you tonight. Lord, I'm excited for this message that you put on my heart to share with your people. And so, Lord, I just pray right now that you would guard my tongue if there's anything that is not of you, Lord. Would you hold my tongue? God, I pray that everything I speak would be truth and would be from your word. So, Father, we love you, and uh, it's in your name that we ask and pray these things. <clears throat> Amen. Okay, so Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 25. So here we go. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on the, by on the other side. He journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, wounds pouring on oil and wine, and then he sat, set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him. And whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. That's the first story. We're continuing. Second story, story number two. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. All right, story number three. Here we go. Uh, starting in verse 5, Luke chapter 11. And he said to them, 
Which of you has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. And he will answer, uh, Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. So we're going to stop there. Do you see the common theme yet? If not, let me help you out. So we have the first story we just read where Jesus is talking to a lawyer and he, he tells him a parable of a priest and a Levite and a Samaritan. Right? They're on a journey. It was their plan that day to go on a journey and the priest and the Levite stopped to help the beaten man. No, sorry, they did not stop to help the beaten man. The Samaritan, however, stopped to help the beaten man. Then we have the second story of Martha and Mary. Jesus, Savior of the world, Messiah, King of kings, Lord of lords, walking into Martha's house. And while Mary soaks in her time sitting at the feet of Jesus, Martha doesn't stop what she's doing to be with him. She's busy doing other things. Then you have the third story where Jesus gives the example to his disciples and says, which of you has a friend that you can go to in the middle of the night because you have another friend who just came into town and you're asking him for food because you don't have food for the friend who came in town? And the guy's response was, dude, it's midnight. I'm in bed. Do not bother me. Right? He didn't stop what he was doing to go help the man, his friend. Each of these stories has a common theme. And in, and in that common theme, there is a moment of inconvenience in all three circumstances. It was inconvenient for the priest and the Levite to stop and help the, the half-dead, beaten man on the side of the road. It was inconvenient for Martha to stop what she was doing to go sit at the feet of Jesus. It was inconvenient for the man to get up out of bed to give his friend some food. So that is what we're going to be talking about tonight, is are we willing to be interrupted by the plans of God? Are we willing to be inconvenienced for the plans of God? So the definition of inconvenience, this is really good here, the definition of inconvenience is to be troubled or have difficulty caused to one's own personal agenda, requirements, or comfort. I'm going to repeat that again because that, that was stupid good and you need to hear that. The definition of inconvenience is to be troubled or have difficulty caused to one's own plans, one's own personal agenda, requirements, or comfort. Perfect example is the story of the priest and the Levite. They were on a journey. They had their own agenda that they were doing that day. And it was inconvenient for them to stop and help the man, they in fact crossed the other side of the road to avoid him. And it was inconvenient because it had the potential of causing, just like the definition, difficulty or trouble to their own plans or comfort. Right? They woke up that morning and did not have any inclination, any idea that they were going to encounter this man on the side of the road. It wasn't initially in their plans. And so because it wasn't initially in their plans, that man became an inconvenience to them. Moments of inconvenience start when our plans are interrupted. 
Moments of inconvenience start when our plans are interrupted. So let me just give you an example here. Um, for, the, uh, for the sake of not giving the actual guy's name, we're going to call this guy Joe. So Kevin and I on Mondays, uh, we plan, we do our best uh, to try and go on a prayer walk every Monday. It's our time, it's our Sabbath, where we go walk around the neighborhood and we just pour out our hearts before the Lord. And we prepare for the week ahead. And so this one, this was like a couple months ago, this one Monday in particular, uh, Kevin and I do this thing where, we, this is really weird, but we have a tennis ball, and whoever has the tennis ball, they get to be the one to pray. So we pass it off back and forth as we, we walk. And, uh, and so anyways, we're, we're, as we're walking, it was my turn to pray. So I have the tennis ball, and y'all, I'm going to town. Like, it was just one of those moments where I'm like, interceding on my behalf, and I'm just pouring out my, my heart before the Lord, casting my anxieties on him, and we're about to turn the corner onto this street, and as we turn the corner onto the street, I see this older man walking to his mailbox. Now, think older man, not like, not that he wasn't cute, but not like cute older man with like a cane. Don't think that. I want you to think of an older man who's like in pretty good shape, like he was Older man walking to his mailbox, and so I thought as we turn the corner, and I'm, I'm, I'm in it, right, I'm praying, I thought, oh, he's about to interrupt us. <laughs> and so I had the thought, do I cross the other side of the road to avoid him, right? And so, but, but I'm like, okay, well, maybe he won't, maybe he won't interrupt us. We'll just keep walking and praying. And y'all, we make it, <laughs> we make it maybe halfway down the street, and I watch him go to his mailbox, open up his mailbox, and then look at us. And he gets out his mail, he puts up the little lid, and then he looks at us again. And I thought, oh man, this guy's going to be a talker. Like I just knew we were in trouble. And then he puts his arm on the mailbox and he just stares at us. And he said, from far off, we hadn't even made it to him yet. Hey, what, what, what are you guys doing walking around? The, what are you guys doing? <laughs> so we walk up to him, and I'm like, okay, Lord, here we go. We walk up to him, and, and Kevin says, hey, uh, Joe, uh, my name's Kevin. This is my wife, Tina. We're, we're actually on a prayer walk. And I thought, that away, babe. Not because this is my sinful heart. This is me confessing this. Not because I was like, sweet, we're missional minded, we're going to pray for this guy. I was like, maybe he'll be turned off by this. <laughs> like most people when we walk and say we're on a prayer walk, we're like, okay, y'all have, have a good day. And they walk back into their house. That wasn't Joe. Joe's leaning on the mailbox. He says, well, I'm a Christian too. And I was like, okay, great. And so uh, he says, I'm a Christian too. And he says, let me throw something at you here. He said, in the book of Joshua, it talks about the sun standing still. Now, I watch the Science Channel every Tuesday and Thursday, and I want to know, do you believe that's true? Well, what's funny is Kevin and I never actually got the opportunity to answer because he kept going. Like, he, never got a, he never let us talk. So this went for like 20 minutes. By the way, Kevin and I have plans to go to dinner with a couple in like 10 minutes. So we had already, like it had been 10 minutes left and we're like, we have to go because we have, not only are you interrupting my prayer time, you have now interrupted my plans potentially with our good couple friends. 
So I started doing the whole like backwards, like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, he's not getting the hint. It's fine. So we end up stopping, we end up leaving that conversation and I'm frustrated a little bit and I can tell like Kevin's a little frustrated because I don't think he even got the chance to have the tennis ball yet. And so <laughs> we walk not like a few steps later and the Holy Spirit convicts me. And he brought this to mind. He said, Christina, what if moments of inconvenience are actually opportunities to be obedient? What if what seems to be an inconvenient moment is actually an opportunity to be obedient to me? Psalms 33.10 says, The Lord frustrates the plans of the peoples. What, it says that? The Lord frustrates our plans? Yes, it does. Psalm 33.10. Go look it up. We are frustrated. But here's the thing. In that moment, God ordained that specific moment. He's sovereign. It wasn't a shock to him that Joe walked out the same time, that the exact same time he's walking out to his mailbox, we're turning the corner to get on his street. He planned that moment. It wasn't in my plans but it was in the Lord's. And what seemed to be an inconvenience for the priest and the Levite, remember it says they crossed, they crossed the road to avoid him, was actually an opportunity they missed to take care of and show Christ to that man. And if we would have avoided and crossed the street, it would have been a missed opportunity to be obedient. And I don't know what came from that conversation, but the Lord does. He allowed it. Are we willing, guys, are we willing to allow moments of inconvenience in our lives? Are we willing to be inconvenienced with our own plans by and for the plans of God? And sadly, we are missing opportunities as followers, followers of Christ because we aren't willing to be inconvenienced in our own plans when the Lord is trying to interrupt our plans for his. I love this quote by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He says this, he says, we must be ready to allow ourselves to be interrupted by God. God will be constantly crossing our paths and canceling our plans by sending us people with claims and petitions. We may pass them by, preoccupied with our more important tasks. And listen to what he says next. It is a strange fact that Christians and even ministers frequently consider their work so important and urgent that they will allow nothing to disturb them. They think they are doing a God a service in this, but actually they are disdaining God's crooked yet straight path. Are we willing to be interrupted for the plans of God? It's just like the story of Martha, second story, right? She's so busy doing her own plans, and she thinks those are good plans, which they weren't bad plans. She was busy serving, trying to serve, and she was so distracted that she was missing this huge opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus, to soak in his voice, to listen to the tonality of when he speaks. Have y'all, side note, have y'all ever wondered that? Like when you read the scriptures and you say, Jesus spoke to his disciples or Jesus spoke to the crowds, 
Like, have you ever thought, wait, I wonder what the tonality of his voice sounded like? I wonder what, what, what when he spoke, was it strong? Probably. Was it meek? Probably. It was perfect, right? And she misses, she's missing the opportunity to sit at Jesus' feet and soak in his teachings. Martha was so busy doing her own plans that instead of seeing her plans as inconvenience, Jesus was the inconvenience to her plans. And how many of us at times are Martha? We're so busy doing our own plans, sticking to our own agenda, that spending time with Jesus in his word, in prayer, sitting still before him, not only are we missing an opportunity to sit at his feet, bask in his presence, but we see that as inconvenient. And Lord, I've just got, I've got a lot of other things to do today. I'll get to, to you later. I'm busy doing these things. I'm doing it for the ministry. Hey, God, God, I'm doing it for everlast. I am writing this message for everlast. But hey, I, don't, I can't spend time with you right now. How many of us at times are Martha? And I think it's a good question to ask ourselves. Are we distracted by other things that are keeping us from missing divine appointed opportunities from the Lord? And to go a step further, uh, sometimes we're so focused on our daily tasks and our plans that when an opportunity does arise, we don't even realizing we're saying no to the potential opportunity. So let me give you an example. Um, when I was writing this message last week, I was in Kevin's office, and I was praying, Lord, what do you want to, what do you want to say to your people? What do you want me to teach on? Because this is mystery box. I can, do, I can teach whatever I want. This is great. And so I'm in his office, and it, I mean, immediately came. It was like inconvenience. I was like, okay. And so I sit there and I start typing. And I mean, y'all, sometimes, if you ever get the opportunity to teach the word, there's moments where it's like three hours before and you have nothing. And you're like, Lord, what am I supposed to teach tonight? And then there's moments where it comes so quick. And this is one of those moments. It came so quick. And Kevin walks into the room and y'all, he was like, oh my gosh, you already have that much written. And I was like, I know, this is amazing. And I'm typing. It was, it was awesome. So here's the thing. I go for two hours, and then I needed to go to the bathroom. Okay, so I, I stopped at a decent stopping point. And room, if you've ever been here, the bathrooms are right there, just for your knowledge. And across from the bathroom is room 209. So I'm walking to the bathroom, and in room 209, last week, uh, some of you were there, we had our harvest night, which was uh, basically our church's way of redeeming Halloween. And so it is. It's redeeming Halloween. And so we have people come and they do, they come to Sky Zone and the kids are jumping and we have a prayer booth and on the candy bags that we're passing out has a scripture. It's amazing. And so anyways, the candy that we're passing out has to be uh, put into the bag. So I walk uh, past 209 and I see about nine to 10 staffers in that back room filling up candy in these bags. And guys, I'm not talking like 200 pieces of candy. I'm talking like the big bags that are like 1,000 pieces of candy, and there's like 25 bags stacked up. I mean, this was going to take them a really long time. So I go to the bathroom, I come out, and I was like, well, at least I'll go in and poke in my head and say, hey, 
So I walk in and I was like, ooh, do we get to eat the candy as we put it in the bag? You know, trying to make a joke. It wasn't funny. So <laughs> I walk out and I was like, well, y'all have fun. And I walk out and I go back to Kevin's office and I'm like, okay, Lord, where'd we leave off? What do we do? He's like, hey, Christina. I'm like, yep, ready. Let's do this. Aren't you writing a message? Aren't you, aren't you sharing a message on being inconvenienced? For the plans and purposes of God or for me and it hit me that I didn't even think about helping them I didn't even think about helping them back candy because I was so focused like Martha on my task that that didn't even cross my mind and so I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit's conviction because I was like wow Lord, if you wouldn't have revealed that to me in that moment I wouldn't even recognize that that was an inconvenience because I had already made up my mind. And what I love about the story is that the Lord used an inconvenient moment to reveal what was already going on in my heart. Not only are inconvenient moments opportunities to be obedient to God, but the Lord allows inconvenient moments in our lives, moments of interruption, to reveal areas of our heart that need to be operated on. I got worked up at that story. Hold on, let me catch my breath. <laughs> um, <laughs> because when we are interrupted by our own plans or comfort, how we respond to that interruption is a clear indication of what is already going on in our heart. We need to ask ourselves, and how, how do I respond in moments of inconvenience? Like, how do I respond when my plans are interrupted? Because it's going to say a lot about your actions reflecting what's going on in your heart. A perfect example of this is our third story, right? Where Jesus gives the example to his disciples uh, about going to a friend in the middle of the night and asking for food because you have another friend who came and, 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 from a long journey. And I love this story, too, because <laughs> I would respond, I think, like the man in bed. Like, if one of you guys came to my door at midnight and were asking for food, we would probably have issues, right? Like, I'd be sending Kevin downstairs, like, what is, what is happening? And I love that because the Lord knows our hearts, and that's why he's so, it's, he's so specific in his word to say midnight. And then he's so specific to give an example of how the guy responded. Because he knows that's a typical response. It's crazy to come to someone's house at midnight, but it's a typical response. But here's the thing. Our God is not a typical God, and so we shouldn't respond in a typical way. Homeboy who's laying in bed, his response to his friend revealed what was already going on in his heart. He was comfortable. Imagine that. You're in bed. You got the sheets on. It's midnight. He had kids, so I'm sure it took him a while to lay him down. He's comfy. He doesn't want to get out of bed to go help. And I want, I don't know if you remember this, but the definition of inconvenience, one of the words for the definition of inconvenience is to be troubled or have difficulty caused to one's own plans and comfort. Being inconvenienced isn't just about our own plans. It also has to do with comfort. I'm comfortable, so there I, therefore I won't be inconvenienced or do what maybe the Lord's asking me to do because I don't want to step outside my comfort zone. 
That seems a little uncomfortable. Some of you in this room are stuck in comfortability. And the Lord is calling you to bigger and better things for his glory and for his kingdom. But you are willing to be inconvenienced and step outside your comfort zone. You know, a clear indication of someone who is apathetic. So apathetic means someone who's indifferent. Uh, they're unconcerned, unmoved. It's, it's basically someone who's just kind of like, blah. Like, that's how they respond to things. Like, hey, you want to go to the movies? Meh. Hey, you want to go to Everlast tonight? Meh. Hey, what do you think about this topic? Meh. They lack a zeal and they lack a passion. And a clear, listen to this, a clear indicator of someone who is meh is someone who's comfortable. It's someone who isn't willing to be interrupted by the plans of God. They aren't willing to take risks. They are willing to get outside their comfort zone to do what God is calling them to do. They do the same thing over and over again every day. Now hear me out. I am not saying go quit your job. I'm not saying go quit school. Well, Christina said I do the same thing every day. So, no, no, no. Unless the Lord has revealed that to you, that would be a really foolish thing to do. But what I am saying is are you willing to be inconvenienced by the plans of God when it's uncomfortable? What I am saying is are you willing to go to that job that you go to every single day and, and, do, and, and you're going to the job every single day and you're doing the task just to get it done so you can clock out. Are you willing to be inconvenienced to stay after it and help someone clean up? Are you willing to be inconvenienced because, you know, Joe Schmo over there doesn't know the Lord, and the, and Lord, and, and the Lord's been prompting you to go share who he is with him, but that would be inconvenience. That's inconvenience to my plans. That's, that's a little uncomfortable. What I'm saying is there are some people in this room with some amazing gifts and talents that the Lord has specifically given you. Individually, your gifts and talents, 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 and your gifts and talents are not the same as the person sitting next to you. The Lord specifically wired you uniquely to use your gift and talents for his glory and for his kingdom. But there's some of us sitting in the room tonight that it's uncomfortable to step outside our comfort zone. And so we sit back and we don't use them. I'll give you a personal example. This was me a few weeks ago. The Lord had asked me like a month and a half ago, hey, um, you should join the greeting team at the church. And here's the thing. It's not that I'm uncomfortable talking with people. It's not that I, I actually, I loved opening the doors and saying a thousand times probably this weekend, welcome in, we're so glad you're here. Oh, have a good Sunday. Hope you have a great rest of the week. I, I thrive off of that. Like, it brings me joy. Like, I came home and I was like, Kevin, that was so fulfilling. <laughs> I loved it. But what was outside my comfort zone was my time. How I wanted to spend my time. Because here's the thing, Everlast, I work throughout the week for Everlast, but I get the weekends off. I'm not full-time staff, so I don't have to be here on the weekends other than to come to a service and, and, and soak it in and enjoy it. 
but I don't have to be here. And so for me, I, get, I could do whatever I wanted with my time on the weekends. It was flexible. And so the Lord asking me to join the greeting team was outside my comfort zone in the sense of how I wanted to spend my time. And I think that's a lot of us in the room. The Lord is asking us to be inconvenienced with our time. How we spend our time. Are we utilizing our gifts and our talents that the Lord has given you to serve the body? Scripture says that we are to serve the church, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And are we willing to be inconvenienced with our own plans for the plans of God? I love what D.A. Carson said. This is so good. He said, some Christians, don't miss this, some Christians want enough of Christ to be identified with him, but not enough to be seriously inconvenienced. Let me repeat that. Some Christians want enough of Christ to be identified with him, but don't want enough to be seriously inconvenienced. They genuinely cling to basic Christian orthodoxy, but do not want to engage in serious Bible study. They value moral principles, especially of the public sort, but do not engage in war against inner corruptions. Meaning, you, you are for the, uh, public pr or moral principles, but you're not dealing with your own sin that's going on in your own heart. They fret over the quality of the preacher's sermon. I mean, I think I would have said this differently. I would have done that differently. But do not worry much over the quality of their own prayer life. Such Christians are content with mediocrity. Or in other words, comfortability. Am I willing to seriously be inconvenienced for the gospel, for his plans? Am I willing to be interrupted for what he has called us to do? And I want to make something clear here because uh, the word inconvenience tends to have a negative connotation to it, right? It tends to be like a bad word. Inconvenience seems like a bad word, right? None of us wake up in the morning and we wake up and say, today's going to be a great day. I get to be inconvenienced. None of us do that, right? However, when God is the one interrupting our plans for his, inconvenience is a sweet word. And we should be asking the Lord, would you bring about more inconvenient moments in my life for your plans and for your glory? Interrupt all you want, Lord. I don't want to miss any more opportunities to be obedient. Proverbs 16.9 says, But the Lord establishes his steps. Would we ever last be a people who are willing to be inconvenienced and interrupted for the plans and purposes of God that he may establish our steps? Let's pray. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss out on any new content. If you are a young adult in the Colorado Springs area, be sure to check out Everlast on Wednesday nights from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at 501 Castle Road, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80904. For more information, please visit our website at cwccs.org. God bless.